If you're still deciding on your spring break getaway, Amtrak's got just the ticket. You can visit cities from D.C. and Philly to New York and Boston, all while enjoying more sustainable travel. Amtrak produces up to 83% less carbon emissions than traveling by car or plane. And did we mention the extra legroom and comfy seats? Book early and save at Amtrak.com. Click or tap the banner. Emissions comparisons vary depending on route and locomotive type. Restrictions may apply. Hello, America. Welcome. It's an open line Friday. It might be an open container Friday by the time we get out of here after this week. Welcome. The phone number 877-973-7425. Should you wish to be on the program, text Eric, E-R-I-C-K, to 33777 to subscribe to the podcast, the live stream, the show notes, whatever you want to do. Follow me around social media. Uh, So we had the Newsom-DeSantis debate last night. Oh, we'll get into it. I I just want to say first, watching the Newsom-DeSantis debate struck me, why can't we have a Nikki Haley-Ron DeSantis debate? I mean, at at this point, it's, it's very clear that they are the two alternatives to Donald Trump, um, given the polling. Why can't we? Listen, you know, I've got a fantastic flagship station set up. I've got a, we've got a TV station connected with our radio station. And why, listen, uh, Nikki and Ron, if y'all want to come to Atlanta and have a conversation with me on stage, y'all know me. Um, And I'm, I'm happy to like sit in a room with the two of you without the cacophony of Vivek and, and everybody else on stage and actually ask substantive probative questions of the two of you in a room together. It just seems like the the Newsom-DeSantis debate gave us a, a, a taste of what we might potentially be able to have in a uh, DeSantis-Haley debate is kind of the conversation we need for the direction moving forward. They very clearly have charted different paths forward Haley very clearly has momentum right now in the polling. DeSantis, despite having more money spent against him than anyone else, um, is still hanging on to number two. He's the governor of Florida. She's the U.N. ambassador, former governor of South Carolina. They've got big ideas. Uh, Can we not have a conversation with just the two of them on a stage together? You don't need an audience, uh, the, the rabble and the mob, just... Have a conversation between the two of them on stage. Put them at a round table. Ask them substantive questions. Why, why do we need everybody on stage? We, You and I and they know the paths forward. You and I and they know that they are the two alternatives to Donald Trump if there are viable alternatives. So why do we still need this multi-person uh, debate with the crowd that that interrupts and heckles when we could have a civil substantive conversation between Nikki Haley and Ron DeSantis. I am totally happy to invite the two of them to come to Atlanta, come in studio with me, sit down, let's have this conversation, let's have this debate, let's talk about the substantive questions that conservatives, Republicans care about having. I think there's an opportunity there, and I am totally happy to invite them to come. They They know me, they've sat on stage with me. Uh, they they know my style, and I'm happy to facilitate that conversation between the two of them as we assess the scope of the party moving forward. Now, that being said, let's talk about what we had last night. Um, it was 
Interesting to say the least. Now, I need to give you full disclosure. There was a Cowboys game last night. And I want you to know that I tuned in to the debate last night. And it was painful to watch. In fact, the, the, the consensus among my friends is that it was, it was genuinely a painful thing to have to get through. Uh, I don't envy Sean Hannity putting himself in that. I, 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 I want to say up front, whether you like them or not, Gavin Newsom and Ron DeSantis being willing to have that debate speaks highly of them. And frankly, Gavin Newsom uh, gets some applause for showing up on Fox News with Sean Hannity and Ron DeSantis. Not exactly a, a favorable crowd for him, but it was very weird. So I, I got a lot of text messages from people yesterday. Are you there? What's going on? What's this like? I don't even know where it was. And I was like, I, are, are my, my feelings weren't really hurt. I, I feel like I need to say that because I'm not really complaining here. My feelings weren't hurt uh, at all. I would not have gone even if I had been. If I, I'm not giving up my Thursday night to go sit in a presidential debate like that if I'm not a part of it. Um, why would I want to do that? Might as well like like eat a firecracker while it's lit. Um, but it was kind of odd. Like nobody I know knew anything about it. Uh, it was somewhere in Alpharetta, Georgia, which is a very swingy part. It used to be a very Republican part. Now it's a swingier part of the state, of a, of a swing state. Uh, but what I was told is that it was originally organized for Atlanta and people were going to be invited. It was then they thought about moving it somewhere else. Uh, they wound up moving it back to Atlanta, and suddenly nobody was invited. There was no audience. There were not really any reporters there, nothing. that The DeSantis team, to my knowledge, did not make a lot of uh, effort to reach out to a lot of people to come after the debate. The Newsom team apparently did. The Newsom team, several progressives tell me the Newsom team reached out to folks to get a crowd, a, a post-debate crowd there with him at his hotel. I, I, I never heard from the DeSantis team. I don't know anybody that did. It was just, it was a, it was an odd thing. And the debate itself was not really so much as a debate as performance art. I mean, let, let's be honest here. If you went in liking DeSantis, you weren't going to change your mind. If you went in liking Gavin Newsom, uh, you hated the fact you were having to watch Fox News, but you weren't going to change your mind either. The interesting part of the Trump people who just went out of their way to savage DeSantis against Newsom and praise Newsom's performance, that's kind of telling that you just can't abide to, there's no intellectual honesty there, um, that it is, it's, you're going to praise Newsom because you hate DeSantis. They, they had their moments. Of course, I've got the audio. I will play you some of the audio, but let me just say this. If you are driving, listening to me right now, I want you to understand I'm not trying to kill you, give you a wreck, put you to sleep, or drive you insane. I, I, I'm not by playing this audio. It's just this is the audio that was said last night. It was a painful experience to sit there and watch these grown men uh, act like that. And the only really fantastic thing I can say is at least they were willing to. Neither Donald Trump nor Joe Biden have any intention of getting up on stage. For Donald Trump and Joe Biden to get up and lead, they got to take Viagra now. And yet we've got this younger generation of politicians who are willing to stand on a stage together, uh, stand up, lead, 
and defend their positions. And whether you were entertained or not or thought it was a painful experience like most people did to sit there, you had these two next-generation politicians willing to stand on stage with each other and trade barbs and have conversations and make points, but defend their ideology. Biden and Trump aren't willing to do that. This is the debate we could have that we won't have. A next generation, Gen X, if you will, being willing to uh, make their case. And yet we're forced, all of us, held hostage by two parties intent on propping up two octogenarians who might die before it's all over. We should have better candidates, but it seems like the bases of both parties are intent on making us refight 2020 all over again. Now, that said, some of the audio... I mean, the barbs, it was a lot of barbs, a lot of poop, uh, like actual poop map from San Francisco. This is Newsom to DeSantis. I can tell you this. I would not go to China and grovel in front of Xi uh, like Gavin Newsom did. He says China's a partner uh, on climate change. China's adding two new coal plants every year. China's laughing uh, at us with what they're doing. So, yes, they're the number one threat we face, and we need to take it seriously. And Joe Biden is not doing that. It's just, this is just a reminder. Uh, you know, it, it, I think it's a question some people are probably asking. I know Nikki Haley's campaign is asking, when are you going to drop out and at least give Nikki Haley a shot to take down Donald Trump in this nomination? She laid you out. Please. You're a walking hypocrite. You you You're a walking you hypocrite what about China? on the issue of China. This is I'm the guy <laughs> that was looking for direct foreign trade from China, was doing trade that shows, opened up an awesome... That's already been that's debunked. Are you talking about true. the liberal fact-checkers? Even the liberal fact-checkers Ch- did Donald Trump did that, himself so. today Please. called you Red Ron. For- I, yeah, uh, this is the DeSantis poop stuff. This is a map of San Francisco. <laughs> There's a lot of plots on that. You may be asking, what is that plotting? Well, this is an app where they plot the human feces that are found on the streets of San Francisco. And you see how almost the whole thing is covered because that is what has happened in one of the previous greatest cities this country's ever had. Human feces is now a a fact of life, except when a communist dictator comes to town. Then they cleaned up the streets. They lined the streets with Chinese flags. They didn't put American flags there. They cleaned everything up. So they're willing to do it for a communist dictator, but they're not willing to do it for their own. (laughs) And there's this. Some of the books you're talking about, one is called, the governor just brought it up, it's called Gender Queer, a memoir. Explicit pornographic book showing sex acts. Another, Flamer, graphic book about young boys performing sex acts at summer camp. Uh, This book is gay, a book containing instructions on the ins and outs of gay sexuality. Let me finish. Uh, Let's talk about it, a book that contains graphic descriptions about how to masturbate for males and females. My question to you, Governor Newsom, those books, do you believe that's appropriate for school districts to teach kids, yes or no? And Newsom said, well, we don't do that until after fourth grade. Until after fourth grade, really? A guy who stands here who's been out on the Republican debate stage saying, well, he's going to be tough. He's going to shoot people with backpacks uh, and that he has a strategy to potentially even invade our second largest trading partner, uh, Mexico, that has a record of supporting amnesty and supporting reforms under the Obama administration is the last guy to be standing on stage talking about the issue of immigration reform tonight.
Well, I'll tell you what, it's deja vu all over again with that flurry of lies. This is a guy that says the Biden administration is not lying to the public about the border. They go to the White House uh, briefing room every day. They say the border's secure. They are lying to you. We know that that's not true. And last clip, so you can say I covered it. This was actually the pretty good one. Well, that, that's a pretty slick way of not answering your question. He went on a binge of putting out a lot of left-wing platitudes. Here's what I would say. I, I talked to a lot of the people that have moved from California to Florida, and we never used to get people from California to Florida or really anywhere in the East Coast. Why would you leave California? It's got the best weather, Ron, great Ron, natural forces. Excuse me, sir. Last so, but one of the things that I did, I had talking to a gentleman, a couple. Guys, I guys, I'm going to let this, I'm going to let the debate breathe. But it's his turn. Let's take, let's take turns. So I was talking to a fella who had made the move from California uh, to Florida, and he was telling me that Florida is much better governed, uh, safer, better budget, uh, lower taxes, all this stuff. And he was really happy with the quality of life. And then he paused and he said, you oh, know, by the way, I'm Gavin Newsom's father-in-law. So we do. <laughs> that was good. That was good. That was about the only, like, non-painful highlight of last night. It was just the back and forth. DeSantis held himself up very well. He did. He, he performed fine. Gavin Newsom went into the, the supposed belly of the beast if you're a progressive, and he did fine. The thing that just got me is the willingness of Gavin Newsom to just make stuff up. Even claiming, for example, that in 2022, more people moved from Florida to California than from California to Florida, which the Census Bureau itself says is not true. But he didn't care about the facts. He was there just to, to do kind of like Vivek Ramaswamy did in the last debate where he's just come unhinged and, and say whatever he wanted and bash DeSantis. But the fact of the matter is neither of these men had anything to lose by doing this. It helps Gavin Newsom with the left. It helps Ron DeSantis with the right. It gives them both more exposure. What it does is it shows the American people, one, how painful these sorts of debates are, but two, that, you know, there is a younger class of ideological leader in the country who could lead if the octogenarians would just finally get off the stage. Guys, if you're a small, mid-sized business, you're struggling with HR issues, you have employees not showing up, or you got to do a termination, you need onboarding of employees, maybe there's a sexual harassment complaint. You want an HR manager. You don't want to be the bad guy with your employees. Bambi can play the role of HR for you. $99 a month, available by phone, email, real-time chat. They do onboardings, terminations. They help your team members get to peak performance. And your business stays compliant with changing HR regulations, regardless of which state. They're great. Now, they're U.S.-based. They You got somebody to talk to who's dedicated to your team they give you access to HR expertise, and they add personal touches. So even though they're outsourced by your company, they really feel like they're a part of your team. That matters. Go to Bambi.com right now. Type in Eric Erickson under podcast. When you sign up, it'll help my show. Bambi.com, B-A-M-B-E-E.com, Bambi.com, Eric Erickson in the podcast tab. George Santos has been expelled from the House of Representatives. It is rare for uh, members of Congress to be expelled, uh, and there is some concern that he hadn't been found guilty in a court of law. Um, so why should he be expelled? But let's just let's just cut through the chase here. Uh, the man is probably going to jail, 
And based on what the House Ethics Committee found, it was bad enough for him to be expelled. And the people who didn't want him expelled were divided into two camps. One was, well, he hadn't been found guilty yet. Or, oh, my gosh, uh, the Republicans will get rid of a guy and we'll only have three-seat majority. Marjorie Taylor Greene was in the latter camp that this is raw politics. The Democrats would never do this. Look at Bob Menendez uh, in the Senate, although that's a different body with different rules for expulsion. Um, and Mike Johnson, the speaker, was in the former camp of, I'm not sure it's a great idea to expel members of Congress charged with crimes but not convicted. Uh, but uh, enough Republicans uh, agreed with enough Democrats that they booted the guy. The guy, you know, it, it's it's kind of hilarious, and this should be like a, a Lifetime movie or something. He ran for Congress in a district in which no Democrat could possibly lose. You, you got to understand the history here of Santos. He ran in a district where it was impossible for any Democrat to lose. A dead Democrat pedophile would win in the district George Santos ran in. So he enters this district, is the only Republican who bothers, does a big fundraising push of, of raise money for me, I'm going to beat this Democrat, and, and the rubes, and the people who wanted to be conned sent him money, and he was clearly using the money for himself. Had knew he wasn't going to win. Why bother even campaigning? And then, lo and behold, the justices of the New York Court of Appeals decided that the district lines were unconstitutional and redrew them. And George Santos went from being in a district where it was impossible for a Republican win to being in a district where it was impossible for a Republican to lose. And so suddenly the spotlight turns on this guy who gets elected to Congress and is a con artist, it has been, been scamming people. It's actually really kind of funny. He is the dog that caught the car, and the car has run George Santos over. Uh, there are lots of lessons to be learned here, and they're all actually kind of funny. And now he's gone. I think the third or fourth member of the House to be expelled in history it's, it's a rare thing. Now, Senate Democrats, it's time for you to do Bob Menendez. Do Bob Menendez. Now, in the meantime, let me tell you about Americans for Prosperity. They are one of the foremost fighters in the country on the right for free markets and free people, uncompromising in that regard when it comes to free markets and free people, traditional conservative uh, free market values. And they go around the country educating voters about the uh, how effective free markets are in guiding the country and how small government, limited government gets out of the way of the people and lets the people be productive and entrepreneurial and, and grow and profit. It is remarkable how Democrats have forgotten these things or how hostile they are and how some Republicans have forgotten. AMP would love you on their side to re-educate Americans or remind them free markets and free people are good for everyone. Limited government is good for everyone. If you go to americansforprosperity.org slash Eric, you can sign up today. americansforprosperity.org slash E-R-I-C-K. Go sign up with Americans for Prosperity. Learn to be an effective grassroots advocate from americansforprosperity.org slash Eric. When we come back, Open Line Friday, 877-973-7425. Hello there. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. It is an Open Line Friday, and the phone number is 877-973-7425. Should you wish to be on the program? I, I got to play this audio for you real quick because 
I just laugh at this one. Uh, Joy Reid, you know, uh, she she is the pro Hamas voice of MSNBC who gets to keep her show. And well, she she went off on Nikki Haley last night on her program, and and there's a there's a this is a a two minute clip. We we pared it down to exactly two minutes. Yes, I'm going to subject you to it. There's a method to my madness. Listen to this. On Wednesday, the Koch-backed Americans for Prosperity announced their support for former South Carolina Governor Nikki Haley for president. With seven weeks until the Iowa caucuses, the endorsement unlocks tens of millions of dollars and a network of volunteers that would ostensibly give Haley a boost. Mind you, in Iowa, Haley is running third in the polls against her former boss, Donald Trump, and Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. It's also ironic that AFP has decided to turn the page on Trump since their organization and the Koch brothers have done so much, including underwriting the Tea Party movement, to pave the way for Trump and his right-wing fanaticism, which is now the marker, the marker, of the Republican Party. Now, while she likes to pretend that she's only the sen- she's the only sensible choice for the party, here are some key things to keep in mind about Nikki Haley. She is an ultra-conservative who would sign a six-week abortion ban if she were still governor, and if she's president. She has close ties to Christian Zionist pastor John Hagee, who once asserted, quote, Oh, I'm sorry, I'm not going to quote him. I'm just going to tell you what he asserted, that Adolf Hitler was half Jewish and was sent by God to drive Jews to Israel. Hagee suggested that it was Jews' disobedience of God that gave rise to their persecution. Notice she's not quoting him. She's paraphrasing. That's her friend. She repeatedly claims that America is not racist, even though her family was asked to leave multiple homes because the neighbors didn't want Indians living next to them. And her father could only find a job with an HBCU. Oh, and she's also an opportunist who in 2016 said anyone but Trump only to turn around and praise him and become his U.N. ambassador. Honestly, at this point, this endorsement is nothing more than theater meant to preview who will lead the party after Trump either loses again or his presidency for life ends in the natural way. Join me now, David Korn, Washington Bureau Chief for Mother Jones and an MSNBC political contributor. I could have gone on and on and on. There's so much more about her. But you wrote a book about extremism. Does she uh, count in your view as an extremist? I think she is. You know, she's playing footsie with the MAGA thing. (laughs) I just so, okay. Joy Reid, who's never met a terrorist she didn't like if they were attacking conservatives or capitalism does this lengthy dissertation on Nikki Haley, has on a guy from a left-wing publication and says, you wrote a book on extremists. Is Nikki Haley an extremist? Yes, I think she is. (laughs) Okay. We knew this was going to happen. If you listen to the critics of Nikki Haley from the right, uh, listen to the DeSantis fans. She's a big government rhino. People like Paul Ryan and Mitt Romney like her. Uh, she can't be trusted. She's really running for for Trump's VP. She's an establishmentarian. Blah. blah. Those are the attacks that you get from the the people on the right who don't like Nikki Haley. The attacks on the left are she's an extremist. She benefited from from the things this country's given to people, and she rejects those things because she's a bit of a racist. She's the wackadoo extremist of the right flirting and playing footsie with MAGA. 
You know, the sad thing is that there are people who actually believe Joy Reid. There, there are people who believe this woman. They are brain-damaged people, but they believe Joy Reid. She's like uh, QAnon for the left. But the lesson here is not so much about Nikki Haley, but that it doesn't matter who it is on the right. Whoever it is who is the Republican nominee will be vilified by the left as worse. Remember Mitt Romney? They vilified him as an awful racist, uh, as, as, as someone beneath the dignity of the White House, as someone who hated people, as it would, would kill people if he, given the chance, Mitt Romney would profit off killing people. I mean, the attacks against him were unhinged, and he was a, a moderately uh, moderate Republican, a nice guy, and, and it didn't matter. Same goes with Haley. And the lesson here that Democrats said they learned in 2016 was that by vilifying every Republican as the worst thing ever, it made people a little bit tone deaf to Donald Trump. I remember Bill Maher did a, did a um, bit on his show in 2016 that, yes, we called George W. Bush a racist, and yes, we called John McCain a racist, and yes, we called Mitt Romney racist, but this guy really is. Yes, we called George W. Bush a Nazi. Yes, we called John McCain a Nazi. Yes, we called Mitt Romney a Nazi, but this guy really is. You cried wolf so long, nobody believed you. And, and they're back to this. They, they, they swore to us in 2016, we've learned the lesson. Please believe us now. He really is the worst thing ever. And now they're back to it. Nikki Haley is the worst thing ever, really. She's some radical, radical extremist right-wing fringe person, according to MSNBC. Can I just, as an aside, how, how is this network still in business? They do not have fantastic ratings unless Rachel Maddow is on. When you look at the the viewership of MSNBC, it's a bunch of really old progressives. It's not even young people. And the network is so outlandish. I, I mean, honest to goodness, if MSNBC had ratings, you could say to CNN, which obsesses over everything Fox does and, and the New York Times and Washington Post, you, you, you could obsess with them and, and say, my goodness gracious, um, why are you covering this stuff? Well, why, why are you doing this? But one of the reasons that these other outlets don't cover MSNBC is, one, they're kind of ideologically aligned, but more so, no one actually watches MSNBC. Their ratings are ridiculous. On the weekend, something like 25,000 people watch MSNBC. Like in the demo, the, the 25 to 54 years, it, it is not a lot of people who watch MSNBC. Uh, when Rachel Maddow's on, they have a big rating spike. They might match Fox. Uh, they might surpass Fox, depending on the night. Uh, Joe Scarborough in the morning gets decent ratings, but Joy Reid does not. Uh, but she checks a box for the intersectionalists with Comcast. And by the way, you do understand Comcast. Comcast owns this network. It is a pro-Hamas network of just ridiculous fringe voices mainstreamed by Comcast. It just, for the life of me, I can't understand how, how Comcast thinks this is good for their business. You know, if, if Donald Trump really does get reelected president, he really should just, I mean, make Comcast life absolutely miserable for owning NBC. He, I mean, he really should. Listen, I mean, look at the, how the left has gone after, used the government to go after Fox, antitrust and everything else. 
um, the the right should do the same to Comcast just for owning MSNBC. What's good for the goose is good for the gander. They can't deny that uh, the Biden and Obama administrations didn't target Fox News. It's just a wonder that in his first term in office, uh, Donald Trump didn't target Comcast. When you got people like Joy Reid on national television say Nikki Haley is an extremist, uh, you might as well uh, turn the tools of government against Comcast. It just it it, it the, the whole thing is is weird to me that you've got a network like this where I mean even Fox News would not do anything like that, and the left is so obsessed with Fox that you you, you can't believe it. But you know it's like this, so. Vaughn Miller, the what is it, the the, the football star. Vaughn Miller is uh, accused of assaulting his girlfriend, who's uh, pregnant. I wanna I, I wanna read you this. He's the linebacker. Um, here's the headline from the Dallas Morning News. NFL linebacker Vaughn Miller turns himself in on allegations of assaulting pregnant woman in Dallas. Miller, now listen to the subtitle, because the title of the piece had this, and they changed it after outrage. Miller, who plays for the Buffalo Bills, faces a charge of assault of a pregnant person, officials say. The NFL player turned himself in Thursday. Pregnant person? Ian Rappaport, who's the progressive writer for NFL.com, who, by the way, blocks me on Twitter. I've, I've never said anything about this guy. I don't even know him, but he's blocked me on Twitter. Uh, clearly ran one of those progressive auto blockers. Uh, so there's a way that if you want to block conservatives or progressives, you can go to a website and it automatically blocks a bunch of conservatives. So this guy clearly is a progressive who ran a, a generic block because he blocked me on Twitter. I don't even know who the guy is. Uh, and, and he's one of the people who pushed out the pregnant person statement, uh, an NFL guy. Uh, the wokes at ESPN actually said pregnant woman. It was the NFL.com reporter, Rappaport, who said pregnant person. The Dallas Morning News said pregnant person, and ABC News said pregnant person. It's not a pregnant person. It's a pregnant woman. It is so amazing to me how easily these people slip into newspeak. But what's more interesting to me is it's the headline writers and the social media people, the, 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 the young people, the actual writer Jamie Landers and Kelly Smith, this is their opening of, of the piece. NFL linebacker Vaughn Miller turned himself in Thursday after police alleged in an arrest warrant that he grabbed a pregnant woman's neck and shoved her during an argument in Dallas, law enforcement officials told the Dallas Morning News. Now, according to the arrest warrant affidavit obtained by the Dallas Morning News, Miller and the woman have been in a romantic relationship for seven years. She told officers she's six weeks pregnant. Police allege in the court document that the argument, which started over upcoming travel plans, began about 10.40 a.m. in the main bedroom of their apartment. The woman then went into their home office and slammed the door. The affidavit says Miller became visibly angry. He walked into the office and yelled at the woman to get out. The woman tried to comply but wanted time to retrieve some of her belongings, such as her laptop and phones. As she grabbed them, the affidavit says Miller shoved and pushed her. The woman repeatedly yelled, stop, I'm pregnant. He continued to push the woman as he stepped on her feet, which caused her to fall back into a chair. He then put a hand on her neck and applied pressure for three to five seconds, according to the affidavit, which police say caused pain but not difficulty breathing. 
As she continued to try to gather her belongings, Miller grabbed her phone, threw her laptop on the floor, and stomped on it. As she tried to pick up her laptop, Miller yanked her hair, pulled a chunk of it out, and caused her to collapse. She got up and began to record Miller on her phone, which she put in her pocket, police wrote in the affidavit. Miller once again grabbed the woman, pushed her onto the couch, wrapped both hands around her neck, and applied pressure. The woman told Miller she was calling the police, which prompted him to leave the apartment, the affidavit said. It was a woman, woman, throughout the report a woman, but it was the headline writers and the social media wokes who couldn't bring themselves to identify her as a woman. She had to be a pregnant person. Ladies, I got to tell you, it's one of the most remarkable aspects of the times in which we live. Feminism has been so profoundly successful that you are now wiped out of the conversation. You no longer exist. It's people who get pregnant, not women. It's people who get periods, not women. It's people who have uteruses or uteri, not women. Uh, why then is there a wage gap uh, between men and women? There doesn't appear to be because women don't exist anymore. So maybe stop complaining about disparate treatment because you've decided through the feminist movement that you are fine being treated as just a regular person and not as a unique woman. So I guess you got to shut up now because uh, women don't get pregnant. People do. Now we got to move on before we move on though. I don't know if you've heard the economic news today. Uh, there does appear now to be a slowdown in the labor markets, the hiring markets and consumer shopping. Um, and now people are wondering if we might be finally tipping into recession. Uh, the, the data doesn't appear to be that fantastic. Uh, they're looking at some revisions in the economic record that make it even worse, which is why Swiss America wants to educate you on how to keep your assets safe and also to tell you about the secret war on cash, which is an all-out assault on freedoms happening in this country. You can get your free report, The Secret War on Cash, by calling or texting 800-289-2646. That's 800 800- to a 926-46. The all-out war on cash includes digital forms of currency. It's spreading. So visit and read The Secret War on Cash free to you guys. All you do, you call or text 800-289-2646 and mention my name. If you text them, just send Eric Erickson as your text. You call or text 800-289-2646 or you go to SwissAmerica.com slash Eric. SwissAmerica.com slash E-R-I-C-K. Message and data rates will apply. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number 877-973-7425. This hour of the program brought to you by First Liberty Building and Loan. Wherever you are in the United States of America, if you are in charge of the finances of a business and you need $250,000 and your bank's giving you the runaround, well, these are the sorts of deals First Liberty Building and Loan deals in. They make their own decisions. If you're buying a building, building a building, buying a franchise, buying on a business competitor or a partner. That's what they do. They've been doing this since the 90s, and they might be able to help your business. And again, they're in Georgia, but they do deals across the United States, and they're happy to talk to you. Spend 10 minutes with them, firstlibertyga.com, firstlibertyga.com. Now, we got to move on to a lot of other stuff. I, I, I need to tell you Sandra Day O'Connor died. Uh, she was the first woman to sit on the United States Supreme Court. She was picked by uh, President Ronald Reagan. He said he would put a woman on the court, and he did. Uh, he doesn't get credit for that, of course, because the left doesn't like to give credit to Republicans for diversity picks. 
but uh, she was a profoundly influential member of the Supreme Court, uh, leaned to the right, uh, not all the way, though, on social matters. She was fairly liberal. She supported abortion rights. She was willing to restrict but not get rid of abortion. Uh, and uh, But when it came to fundamental rights against government, she tended to be very skeptical of the government's power. Uh, she lost her husband a few years ago uh, to Alzheimer's, and uh, she stepped down, I guess, what, in the uh, 2005 when George W. Bush was president, and uh, Sam Alito took her spot on the Supreme Court. But she was a deeply influential jurist. She came from the Supreme Court of Arizona to the Supreme Court of the United States, and she certainly made her mark um, there on the court. So she has passed away. She was in her 90s. Now, when we come back, look, it's Open Line Friday, and I'm happy to take your phone calls, 877-973-7425. However, when we come back, I'm going to talk a little bit. Uh, Noah Rothman at National Review has written a piece, and it, it really encapsulates a lot of thoughts about something I wanted to talk about anyway. Uh, and he doesn't really go there, but I will go there, where I feel like we as a people have descended into a new dark ages where we have forgotten the fundamentals and the basics of life as in postmodern times, uh, the left culturally has decided we can move on from the shackles of the democracy of the dead to new things, except those new things don't work. They've given up on the tried and the true as outmoded and irrelevant to the times in which we live, but the things they've introduced to replace those things don't actually work very well. And we are now dealing with issues we haven't dealt with in a very long time, largely because of the arrogance of a progressive-leaning elite who have decided they know better than the democracy of the dead. And they have plunged us into a new dark ages of inflation and crime, collapsing cities and collapsing families. And these things really do matter. I want to spend some time with this before I take any more phone calls. Um, I think it's that important. But I will take your calls during the show today, 877-973-7425. But when we come back, a good reminder of what is the democracy of the dead and where have we gone by leaving it behind. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.